This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 21st, 2020. The kingdom, you're the treasure, you're the pearl. Well, good morning, Connection Community Church. We are so glad that you chose to join us this morning as we look at the second part of the kingdom. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that you had in your mind's eyes so long ago. Settle us in right where we are, one church, many locations. And Lord, I pray that we are changed and transformed by your word. In the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 So as we shared last week, uh, in the first three books of the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we find a lot of parables that Jesus shared. Parables, they are kind of short uh, stories that share a deeper, greater truth, short, simple stories. Several of these begin in similar fashion. They start out by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like... King of heaven's light. And then Jesus would complete the simile with a simple everyday comparison that virtually everyone could relate to. Today, we're looking at two such parables that are closely related, a parable pair, if you will. And so we are in Matthew chapter 13, and it is full of parables. It starts off with the parable of the sower, goes on to the parable of the weeds, the parable of the mustard seed, and the yeast we talked about be the yeast last week. And then he goes on. Um, I'm reading verses 44 through 46. Check this out. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Wow, wow. Pretty simple, pretty concise, but a whole lot packed in there. Let's take the first one, the treasure hidden in the field. In ancient times, it was not unusual for someone to hide treasure in the field. In, in fact, in many ways, it was one of the safest places. Thefts and robberies were frequent. A change in the ruling power could bring a heavy tax on your belongings. Uh, people were always in danger of invasion by a foreign force, a foreign military force. And for these reasons, others, people would often bury their treasures, especially when they were forced to leave quickly, to get out of town. And, and they would hope that they would be able to come back at a later date and retrieve to reclaim what they had buried. And so we here we have Jesus plucking an example from everyday life to explain something that is of greater truth. He is building a bridge, so to speak. And so here we have a treasure left and somebody discovers it. This treasure is so in incredibly great that the man hides it again and then sells everything everything he has in order to buy the field where the treasure was. Mm, yeah. Second parable is closer related to the first, but instead of a man finding treasure in a field, we have a merchant looking for 
fine pearls and finding one so fine, so fine that he's willing to sell everything he has in order to purchase that fine pearl. Now, pearls are certainly a treasure. And back in that day, they were especially so. They were highly, highly valued. And with that in mind, this one pearl must have just been totally uh, exquisite compared to all the others that he had seen, that making it such that he'd be willing to sell everything he had in order to purchase it. So let's just hit the pause button for a minute and take a, take a second to think about this. Is there anything, anything in this world or out of this world <laughs> that you would be willing to sell everything in order to acquire it? Is there anything? Is there anything that you place such high value on, incredible worth, that you are willing to let go of everything in order to obtain it? Good questions. Is there anything like this treasure in a field, anything like the pearl of all pearls, so valuable that you would give up everything you've got to get it? So Jesus, in these parables, says that the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like something so valuable that it's worth everything you've got. That's how the parables of the treasure and the pearl are, are usually understood anyway. There are a lot of treasures, there are a lot of pearls that catch our attention uh, that we're willing to pay a price for, a, a high price. But there's just one treasure, just one pearl that's so valuable that we're willing to give everything we've got to get it. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom. It's our relationship with God and God alone, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that is such a treasure, that is such a pearl, that we would give everything we've got for that relationship. Yeah, that treasure, that pearl is so great that we would be willing to give our very lives for that relationship. And so that is how these parables are typically understood. When we look at the Ten Commandments, you know, the first one and two are like, love God above everything else. Mm. No other gods before him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit certainly is the great treasure, is the worth above. There's nothing more worthy, nothing of greater value. But what if we take a look at this in a little bit of a different way? In addition to this understanding that we've shared, let's flip it. Let's go maybe 180 degrees and turn it upside down. So check it out. What if? What if the one who found the treasure in the field wasn't you or me? What if the, found, well, the one who found the treasure in the field was God? What if the one who found the pearl of great value wasn't you or me? What if the one who found the pearl of great value was God? And, and, and what if the, the treasure in the field then was you, was me? What if the pearl of great value was you, was me? Wow. Well, then the way this parable goes, that would mean that the God of all creation... The God of the cosmos, the God who, who blew the very breath of life into each and every one of us, would mean that this God values you and me so much 
that he's willing to give everything he's got for us. Everything he's got for you and for me. (laughs) Wow. So just let that roll around for a minute or a second or whatever or two. I mean, like, how could God possibly care enough to give everything he has for us? But that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Does it make sense? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I really think it's too mind-blowing to even have it make sense. But that is what God did. That's exactly what God did. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world. That's you. That's me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then it goes on. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Mm. (laughs) It's right there. It's right there. It's exactly what God did. Just like the parable tells us. I have a little trouble breathing when I really think about that that's what God would do. God, the merchant, I'm the treasure, you're the treasure. I'm the pearl, you're the pearl. It it, it seems unbelievable, doesn't it? Unbelievable, but but it's true. It's absolutely true. And here's the thing. This pearl that we're given, this treasure that we're given, the relationship with Jesus— Oh my goodness, we couldn't purchase it even if we sold everything that we had. We couldn't purchase it even if we had all the money in the world. It's not for sale. But if it was, we could not afford it because it's priceless. Priceless, completely beyond our means. There's no way we can afford it. But God can. And God did. See, here's the thing. God cares about you and me so much. God, excuse me, loves us so much that he was willing to give all he's got. His very own one and only son that we might not perish but share eternity with God. God loves us so much that he's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice (laughs) so that we might be forgiven, that we might be released from the chains of sin that hold us hostage, that we might be set free, set free. And why would God do this? Why in the world would God do this? Well, it sounds kind of funny, but God can't help himself. Because that's who God is. That's God's very nature. It's because God is love. And it's been like that since the very beginning. He created humankind scooping dust, the dirt, and blowing breath into that. Creating male and female. God created you and me, and said it was 
not just good, like he said with the other things that he created, but it was very good. God doesn't make junk. Listen to me again on that. God does not make junk. God loves what he creates. When you've created something, perhaps um, some work of art, or you've, you've made something, or maybe a child or a life together, don't you love what has been created through you? Generally speaking, we have a special place for those things that we create, and God is no different. You know, God loves us so much that he allowed us choice. He allowed us to choose God or to choose other. That's how much he loved us, to allow us that choice. The challenge is that we tend to choose poorly all too often. Started right there with Adam and Eve. <laughs> when they chose exactly the opposite of what God had told them, they had everything in the world. It was paradise. Everything except fruit from that one tree right there in the middle of the garden. So what did they choose? Of course, they chose fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. <laughs> challenge for each of us is that we look a whole lot more like Adam and Eve than we'd like to believe or we'd like to admit. <laughs> We constantly tend to choose other than what God would have us choose, just like Adam and Eve. And God can't just ignore it when we choose poorly. Sin is contrary to God. And yet, when we choose poorly, God still loves God doesn't love us any less. God still loves. And, and God forgives. God did that with Adam and Eve when he covered their nakedness with an animal skin, the first sacrifice. And then he covers your sin and mine with the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice that rendered all other sacrifices meaningless. His one and only son, the sacrifice of Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus the Christ. Mm. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And then three chapters later, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We don't know what's going on in your life. We know that a lot of us are dealing with challenges, some big challenges, some little challenges. There's a lot of weight. And we want you to know that God loves you. God loves you. You are the treasure of the field. You are the pearl of great value. And God gave everything for you when he gave his one and only son to buy you back. To buy you back through the forgiveness of your sins. There's nothing you can do about it except to believe and accept it. That's the power of the cross and the resurrection and the grave is empty. Death's been conquered. Our sin can be and is forgiven. And that powerful love, you cannot do anything to earn it. You can't buy it. You can't afford it. It is a gift. A gift. 
for each one of us. The question then is, have you accepted the gift? This precious gift that God gives through his son. Maybe today is the day. Maybe today is the day to stop saying no and receive the one who died to give you salvation. Maybe you've already embraced this beautiful relationship with Jesus, this relationship that you were designed for, and maybe you're already giving each and every day trying to get ever closer to Christ. Right where you are, right where you are, wherever that is, uh, wherever you might be, whether you're alone, with family, wherever, we're going to invite you to share a prayer with us this morning. It's kind of a prayer of invitation, an invitation to Christ into your life, an admittance that you're a sinner, an invitation to Christ to be your Savior. So don't look at us now. No, no. Close Close your your eyes. eyes. Get focused on, on Christ. And you might just say after me, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask for your forgiveness. Please help me to go in a new direction. Please help me to go in a new direction. To follow you. To follow you. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. And I trust you as my Savior. And I trust you as my Savior. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. As my Lord. As my Lord. Guide my life. Guide my life. And help me to do your will. And help me to do your will. I pray this in your precious name. I pray this in your precious name. Jesus, my Savior. Jesus, my Savior. Amen. Amen. If you've said that for the first time, with with an open heart, it's a really big deal. Mm. It's a really big deal asking Jesus into your life. Be sure to tell someone, put it in the chat, email us. We want to celebrate with you. And if you've said that prayer before, I mean, I've said it like (laughs) hundreds of times because every day I want to renew my relationship and my devotion with Jesus. And you already know what it's like. So all of us, to all of us, Remember this, you are the treasure. You are the pearl of great price. And God loves you so much that he has paid that price already for you. You've been bought with a price. And he loves you and cares for you and will walk with you no matter what you're going through. Because we're never, ever in the dark again. Jesus loves and draws and woos us and cares for us every single day of our life. And then we can grow into that person that God wants us to be when God first thought of us. What an awesome lesson that we have 
read in Matthew chapter 13. We hope that we hope that you take it in and live it and believe it. That's the good news. Would you pray with us, please? Oh, Lord, there is nothing better than you. You give beauty to ashes. You turn shame into glory. You turn mourning into dancing. You turn graves into gardens. You're the only one who can do that. And we praise your holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.